Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, joined on the other line, as always, by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Good, David. Uh, it's been a much better week for the Heat than than the last time we spoke. Yeah, I remember last time we were talking, it was all about what's going wrong with the defense. Um, since then, it brought off three straight wins. Um, and really done it behind pretty impressive defensive performances. Uh, we're recording. It is uh, Tuesday morning, Christmas Eve morning, so Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy Hanukkah to the to my fellow Jews out there. Um, it has been three straight wins last night, that 107-104 win against the Jazz. Um and, I mean, again, just the second time in three games against a good team, they held that team to 104 points, which in this day and age is, is really impressive. And they held them to 23 in the fourth quarter, I think, 20, 23, 24. Um, so some of those issues clearly got straightened out <laughs> in the last week. They, they you know, remember we, I remember we were talking, like, it was Jimmy Butler the first time he'd been, like, kind of – outwardly, I don't know if frustrated was, I don't know what word we settled on, but it was the first time he'd been like really kind of critical of his team, Yeah, and and they responded. It's funny, though, because that Philly game was all zone, you know? Yeah. Like, they, that zone has really become, especially in the regular season, like, in the playoffs, you could scheme it out, obviously, but in the regular season, where teams really don't have time to repair for that, because the season moves so fast. That zone has really become a weapon for, for the Heat. And you saw it last year. I mean, it was effective for this team last season, even when they didn't make the playoffs. Like, it was an effective weapon. The Heat used it more than any other team in the league. They pull it out against Philly, um, take advantage of their lack of shooting, get Embiid out of the post, and it works to perfection. I think Dallas used the next game against Philly, and it worked for them too. So it seems like the Heat kind of uh, found out a way to – to split on Philly's offense. Um, and they used it last night against the Jazz. It wasn't as effective against Utah, but they did they did play it in certain spots against Utah. So um, they've, you know, since that Memphis game, they've mixed in the zone. Which they used in the second half against Memphis as well, the zone, and it worked right. against Memphis too. But they've really mixed in that zone defense. It's kind of keeping, keeping opponents off balance. Um, and they're playing a better – they're playing a more – you see the energy. Like in that fourth quarter against Utah – the energy was you could look noticeably different. Like they were right. beating beating Utah to every loose ball. Um, they were trapping guys in the perimeter. Um, and I mean we've we've seen it now. Um, they play their best defense late in games. It's like it's funny. Like you could tell the switch has been turned on, whether it's late in the fourth quarter or in overtime, where they're like the best team in NBA history in overtime. <laughs> uh, they just they have a switch on defense and. Um, they did that against Utah. Like, in that fourth quarter, they shut them down. Yeah, and, I mean, they should just get even better defensively in the next couple of days, potentially, because Justice Winslow looks like he's getting close to a return, uh, being at least active last night. And, I don't know, Friday, you still kind of think it makes sense? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we'll know Thursday when this team yeah. – they're off Tuesday and Wednesday for, for the holidays, but – Thursday, when they return to practice, um, we're going to see if Justice is practicing, he's probably going to play Friday against Indiana. But if he's not practicing, he's probably going to miss the next two games because they have a home back-to-back here Friday right. and Saturday. So um, Thursday will be a day where we'll kind of know, okay, is Justice going to 
is just going to play, which, you know, raises another question. Where does he fit? I mean, they seem to have they seem to have a really solid nine-man rotation right now uh, with Derek Jones Jr. and Goran in there. Um, and that's not including Chris Silva, who, who you know, might be out of the rotation when Justice comes back. Um, you know, will he use a 10-man rotation? It's certainly possible. It probably looks that way because I don't know how you don't play Derek Jones Jr. and I don't know how you don't play Justice. Yeah. Uh, so Spolster has some tough decisions as long, you know, as everyone's healthy here. Yeah, but as he said earlier this year, those are the, the good, tough decisions to have to make. Um, all right, I guess uh, the big question we kind of wanted to hit on today uh, is that win last night put the Heat on a 60-win uh, pace uh, 30 games into the season, so it's not like it's uh, that small sample size that they were on the 60-win pace at, you know, kind of in the first month or so of the season. Um, it's kind of time to really start thinking, is, is that a – possibly attainable goal for this Heat team. Um, you know, again, we were both really bullish on this team in the preseason, and that meant we thought they were, I don't know, what did you say, like 48 wins, something around there, 47? Yeah, yeah. 47, yeah. Um, so 60 win, that's uh, a little different, but I don't know, how, how realistic do you kind of think it is? I think it's crazy that we're even just jumping to say, I know. Like, and talking about 50. Like, 50 right now is like, okay, they're going to hit 50. Like, yeah, now, like, if they don't <laughs> hit 50, it's because they fell apart. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. But, I, I mean, yeah, they're on pace right now. Um, they've played a lot of road games. I know it's kind of evening out here on this homestand, but they've played a lot of road games. They've already gone on a West Coast trip. Um, they've played the Lakers both times already, so they're done with the Lakers. Um, they, you know, they've played some tough games, and – to be at this point 22 and 8 when Goron has missed I think double digit games or close to double digit games Justice has missed basically almost the entire season um, Jimmy missed the first three games I think he missed another game because he was sick um, I mean they've had injury issues they've played a lot of road games they've had a tough schedule um, but they really didn't have more than one home game in a row for like the first month of the season um, and here they are 22 and 8 on pace for 60 wins so you ha- I mean, you can't say it's impossible. Like, they if they continue in this at this rate, like they'll they'll get there. Like you said, they're on pace. Um, I think most more realistic, probably fifty five. I would I would put the over under right now at fifty five. That's what I would do. But I I mean I think sixty is definitely a possibility if they continue. But I would I would set the number on fifty five. Um, but they're a good team. Like, if you didn't believe that, this little three game stretch here, the win against Philly on the road, the win against Utah at home, like that's what good teams do. Um, yeah. Toronto on the road, they beat Milwaukee on the road, they beat Brooklyn on the road. Like this is not just a team that's beating up on bad teams. They're get they're stacking quality wins and and you look at the numbers, it's the same thing. Like their eighth best offense, which is crazy. Like crazy. The the fact that they're eighth in eighth in the NBA in offense when they were like one of the worst in offense last season. And they are 11th on defense. So they're basically a top 10 team in offense and defense. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the sign of a really good team. There aren't many teams that, that can say they're top 10 in both categories. Yeah, and I, I mean, it feels like they're going to finish sort of around those numbers, right? Like, I would guess the defense finishes top 10. The offense maybe slips a little bit, but like I wouldn't be surprised if it was like eight and eleven flipped the other way around at the end right. of the year. Like that feels about where it's gonna end up for this team, and um, and they have the fifth easiest strength of schedule remaining too, which is like 
kind of crazy. I mean, I guess it's the East. It's, you know, the division's not particularly good, so you get a bunch of games against the Hawks, but they still have three games left against the Knicks. Um, they still play the Hawks one more time. They still play the Warriors one more time. Like, their the schedule's set up that this team sh- – I mean, I would probably hit, guess, at this point, the over on 55, if you ask yeah. me. Um, I know that's pretty lofty expectation, but – I mean, there's no reason not to think that this um, can't keep going to a, a degree. Maybe, you know, as always, the, maybe the young guys tail off a little bit. Um, you know, we've seen, obviously, Kendrick and, and Tyler kind of have their ups and downs. Maybe they hit both hit a rough patch at the same time, and, and the offense craters a little bit, um, and you, you hit a little losing streak. Um but other than that, I mean, like I said, they're doing this without justice. They've done a lot of this without Goron. Um, they're going to have enough guys on offense. Like, they're, it's not like last year where if you lost Wade for a couple games or, you know, without Goron, where, where the offense was just bad because you didn't have enough guys on offense. They just have weapons up and down uh, the roster right now on the offensive side of the ball, and, you know, we already know what they can do, obviously, on defense. Um, so, yeah, they're a complete team, and complete teams are the kind of teams that win 55 games. And I, I, again, I also just think, like, the, the structure of the East uh, in terms of, the, like, the haves and haves not, have not uh, help a little bit. Um, i trying to pull up the standings right now because – I mean, they're not the only team on pace for 60 wins. No. East, like... Uh, Boston might Boston be. Is, I think, you know, Boston probably is there. Yeah, they have better winning percentage than the Heat. Uh, I mean, the Raptors are not right. far yeah. off it. Um, so, it, and then, you know, the bottom of the East is so bad that there are going to be opportunities to kind of beat up on some of these bad teams, and that's... Yeah, the Heat, like we just said, they, they're beating good teams now, but that's still where they've gotten a lot of their wins is, is beating up on these crappy teams at home and on the road. And, um, you know, if, if they keep doing that, which, you know, I don't see a reason why they can't win a really high percentage of those games. You know, it's a lot different than last year. Then, you know, you're just going to stack wins uh, in opportunities like that, especially when your schedule is as easy as it is remaining. Um you know, you look at they have 488 opposing win percentage left on the schedule. Um, so there's and then you know some other teams in the in the top ten and easiest straight the schedule: Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston's 11th. Uh, so like they're it, it's kind of the way the East is set up that they're going to be some probably high win total teams this year. Yeah, and I was looking I was doing the math now to get to 60 wins they have to go 38 and um. 14, that's not right, 38 and 14. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that it sounds like a, like that's obviously a really good number they have to hit, but it's possible with how they're playing. Like, that that's certainly possible. So, like you said, they still have a lot of bad teams to play. Like, the East is good, but it's yeah, top The top six in the East yeah. is good. Everyone else is awful. And they play two of those teams, like, coming up. I mean, Philly and, and Indiana back-to-back. That's yeah. going to be tough, uh, both at home, but... You know, Philly on the back on the back end of a back to back. That's not an easy game, especially after you beat them in Philadelphia. I'm sure they're going to want to come in here and win. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, every win they get against one of these top six teams, like it just continues to increase the chance of okay, they got to win against Philly, they got to win against Indiana. 
and now they can still be all you know the, the you know the Washingtons of the world, the Cleveland, the, the Knicks, the Atlanta, like all those teams. They still have to play a couple more times. Like those are those should be wins. I mean, this team only has one loss against a losing team this season. It was Memphis um, last week, so right. they really haven't slipped up against teams they shouldn't. They should you know they should they should be. Yeah, they still haven't lost uh, at home at all, right? Or no, they lost away. They lost at home to one of those bad teams. Well, if you count the last two-minute report, it doesn't count as a loss. (laughs) True, true, true. (laughs) Um, So, Anthony, I hope you're enjoying your Christmas this year, because I think you're going to be busy uh, covering a game on Christmas next year, is how it feels with the way the season's going. Next few years, probably, it seems like. I haven't Uh news to my wife yet, though, so (laughs) I hate it for now. Um... I guess the other the other piece of news kind of going around this week is, is the Dion thing. Um, his suspension ended after the game last night. Um, we'll see if he's back at practice on Thursday. Um, but there was also an ESPN report basically saying people inside the NBA don't think he's ever going to play again. Um, does that sound crazy to you? Yes. I, yes. I, I just... I, Hold it. He just turned 28, I believe. Um, he still has talent. Like, he was going to be, like, in a six-man, seventh-man role for this team, probably, if he would have fallen in line. Um, he would have definitely been a part, I think, of the rotation. Um, whether you like it or not, you think he would have been part of the rotation. Um, I just can't imagine, like, somebody not taking a chance on him. Even if it's in, even if it's two years on the line in 2021 when his contract ends with the Heat and he ends up finishing his deal here somehow, some way. And he's a free agent in 2021, and he's whatever going to be 30. I just think there'll be a team willing to, even if it's a non-guaranteed deal or a minimum contract or whatever. I, I think there'll be someone willing to take a chance on him. And I think he's good enough that he'll play. He'll earn a spot on the roster for a contract of that value. I mean, if you get Dion at the minimum, like that's a good value contract. Yeah. Um, if he's healthy and, and he's and he wants to play. So I mean, think about it. The Heat got Dion the first time they got him was. I think it was like $3 million or something like that when they got him on, you know, because it was the end of free agency. He kind of had made a mistake by opting out of the Oklahoma City deal. Um, He had to settle for the $3 million contract, and he more than outperformed that deal. So um, I just, look, what he's done this season, obviously it hasn't been a good look for him, um, but there's been many guys in the NBA that have been able to overcome that and still have, you know, long careers and find different opportunities elsewhere. So I think he will, if I had to, bet on it, um, which I don't, but if I did, I, I would say that he plays again somewhere in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, knuckleheads have gotten lots of chances in the NBA, right? Like, yeah. J.R. Smith is still, I, well, I guess maybe he is, is done, but he was still hanging around the league for a long time. I mean, Lance Stevenson, like, kept getting calls back, and Dion is maybe a little bit more of, like, a malignant personality than them right now because, you know, those guys were, were kind of knuckleheads, but they still would, you know, play basically. And, and at least on the court, they were uh, or in the locker room. I don't think they had reputations as being like, um, you know, bad teammates necessarily, which I think Dion has, has probably earned that reputation this year. Um, but I mean, like, Gilbert Arenas, like, got signed by the Grizzlies after the uh, 
Magic amnestied him, and he was a uh, he brought guns in the locker room. Like, there, yeah. Seattle will get a shot again. Um, I just don't know if it'll be. Yeah, I, I st- it's still really hard to envision a scenario where like the Heat can do anything to. I mean, do anything other than do the send him away thing, right? Like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still want. He's I, not going to play. Me, he's not going to build his value this year. Yeah, to me, I think the most two most the most likely or two most likely scenarios are either a they Dion agrees, okay, we're I'm gonna stay away from the team, I'll end up getting to my money, and maybe the Heat will in the in the meanwhile we'll try to figure out something to, to kind of get him off the books and get him an opportunity to play somewhere else where he's a free agent, or they agree to a buyout, which I know right now Dion. Um, you know, Barry Jackson's report at the end is really not interested in giving up money, which I get because, you know, there's no guarantee and it's probably not likely that he recoups at least most of that money that he would give up. Um, but I, I just think of eventually, there's, you know, there's a year and a half left here of that contract. Dion might say, okay, look, I have a year left. I don't want to wait, waste another year of my career. I'll give up whatever, three, four million dollars um, if it means I can be a free agent and have an opportunity to play on. So I, I still think a buyout could happen eventually. It just might take some time, but um, I don't know. Like, would you do you do you, you just think he's going to end up finishing his contract here and it'll just run its course? Man, at least through this season, I think, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there, the problem is to get rid of him, you're going to have to attach an asset, right? You're going to have to do something. Right. And is it worth yeah. it if you can just yeah. keep like keep him away from the team somehow? Yeah, I agree. I, and, yeah, not like he's clogging up your your books. Right. I mean, yeah, you have you can afford to keep them yeah. because you have all those valid deals. And also, you could either the other thing is they could also take on a deal that's longer than 2021 to kind of get rid of Dion. But I don't think they're I willing can't to. Can't imagine do. they want to do no. that. Right? Why would you, like you would have tried to avoid both of those scenarios? So yeah. the other thing is you could wait until next year. He's gonna be an expiring contract, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. it'll be a little so, easier. Might be a little easier, yeah. It might, I mean, it might be palatable for for the team that's looking for an expiring. But then you think, okay, if you're the Heat, you want that expiring contract. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they want the expiring, so they might just keep him in that in that case where they have a just a few months left of of, of Dion, and they can get him. You know, they can have an expiring contract, which they're going to be wanting entering that 2021 for agency. So I don't know. I, I think I think if they don't agree to some type of buyout before next season, I think he might just end. He might just run, run. you know, it might just run its course to the summer of 2021, and when that contract is over, they kind of part ways. It might just be that. Yeah. I will say, if he doesn't play at all for two years, then maybe you could talk. I mean, I, I would still guess he'll get a, a shot somewhere, you know, time on for a preseason, but, like, he'll be if he third. doesn't play all for two years, then, like. It's tough, yeah. No, I agree. I still don't necessarily see it, but it becomes a little bit uh, more believable to me. Yeah, it's just crazy how much stuff has changed. Where like being I know, the preseason, we thought he was going to be like a really big part of this. You know, we did not see this offensive turnaround coming without uh, him, and we thought if there was going to be an offensive turnaround. You know, to, to get him to seem like just an average offensive team, it was going to be because Dion was. Back healthy, you know, he had had a full year to recoup from his uh, injury. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think entering the year, I said that he was the wild card. Like, he was going to be the guy, maybe the most important player on the team, because so much of the offensive improvement was going to be based on him and kind of being that second option 
next to Jimmy. Yeah. And, oh my God, how was I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it just I, I one thing I wanted to touch on related to that, kind of related to that, is I, I just think I mean we talk about Bam, we talk about Jimmy all the time, and they've been really good, probably both All Stars this year. But the fact that the Heat have found the, these shooters, this off like this these offensive guys where they can turn to for points and. They're not just shooters. They can score off the dribble and do other and things. Shots. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and Duncan Robinson. Like, those three guys. Basically, three additions to the roster. And they, I mean, based, I mean, two of them were undrafted. And one of them was the 14th pick, I mean, the 13th pick. And he wasn't even considered a lottery pick before, really, like a month before, the, until a month before the draft. I mean, the fact that they found these three guys at the contracts they're at, I think combined they're like a six million or something total. Yeah, that's kind of. I think that is like the secret sauce right there. Yeah, I mean that's the. Uh, it's like um, in the NFL they always say you want to have your like quarterback on a rookie yeah. deal because like it lets you have a lot more flexibility elsewhere around the roster. Like that's that was like the recipe the Eagles used, the the Seahawks used, um, the Rams used to get to the Super Bowl. That's kind of what the Heat have right now, where yeah. you have. These key guys, you know, really, I guess that that formula that I just mentioned would be more like if Jimmy was on a rookie deal, but it's still similar. You gotta have that mix um, when you're trying to build a team to to have a you know a great team before you, without just going out and signing a bunch of free agents, you gotta draft well because you have those guys on rookie deals. They can all come up together. You get all their bird rights, and then you can keep this core intact for a long time because of the way the NBA lets you keep guys you drafted. Like, I mean, obviously we, we still think they're going to make a big move in in uh, 2021, but, I mean, the Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, and then, you know, Kendrick, Duncan, like that, those guys could be here for a long time because of the way the NBA sets it up for some of those guys. Like, someone's going to leave because they're going to get maybe like, you know, if, if Ken, Kendrick plays like this, you know, Maybe when he's a restricted free agent, like he'll get teams coming after him. Um, yeah, or Derek Jones next year. I think that's Derek a Jones. big question. Some of these guys will get poached because of the restricted free agency stuff, but he can like really keep a lot of these guys if they want. Um, you know, your your books will be crazy. Like you'll be paying a ton of luxury tax, but um, they could they could definitely keep all these guys and sign a max player in twenty one, but. It would, yeah. Their luxury tax would be insane. I, I, yeah. My bet would be that guys one. Are leave, I'm saying they have like they're, yeah. they're not like going to be forced to to kind of make choices. To choose one or the other, correct? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, yeah. Like you said, there might be one or two. Probably one or two end up not being here in two years. I would say, but I have to guess. But you're right. Like they don't. It's not like they're being forced to choose one or the other. Like if they're willing to pay the tax, they technically could probably keep all of them. You know, so. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like it's not, and it's not just those three guys. It's I mean, Bam at whatever three point, Bam at three point five, and um, Derrick Jones at one point six. Like, there's just so many value contracts on this roster, you know. And and you need that to make up for James Johnson at fifteen point three, and 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 Dion at twelve point one. Like you need those value contracts, and that's exactly what the Heat that's, has. Yeah, that's why the Heat. Is good. I mean, that's why the team's good this year because you could easily be screwed if you you know if Tyler is just your average rookie who gets drafted 13th and maybe takes a year. If if Kendrick Nunn is not like a, yeah. a, a 24-year-old undrafted guy, Duncan, a 
you know, undrafted second-year guy who played Division Three basketball. Like, that's, that's the key to this whole thing is, is really those three guys um, being, like, starter-level players yeah. at their age when you have your roster kind of clogged up by some bad contracts that we thought we were going to hamstring this team for a long time. And, like, weirdly, like, if we talked this time last year, it been like, this team's kind of screwed long-term. Like, they're going to need to, like, really re-sort, reshuffle the decks. Um, like, what were they doing with this team building? And now, like, all of a sudden it, like, looks like a master class in team building where you have all these expiring deals set up for the big free agency class and all these young guys on cheap deals uh, complementing your one superstar uh, and your one rising superstar. Like, at, at some point we need to do just probably a, a whole episode about, like, how they... Got here, yeah. They, like, built this rostered built this roster and, and built the salary structure essentially perfectly for what they, they're trying to do. And, you know, a lot of it is luck. A lot of it is, you know, they scout better than pretty much anyone. But um, I don't really remember how we got here from Dion Waiters. But it's always important to talk about because that's, I mean, that's the story of the season in a lot of ways. Other than, you know, Jimmy is probably the, the biggest thing, the way he, like, totally reshaped um, this culture, this identity, I think, of this team or, or maybe – reintroduced heat culture to the heat. Um, but the other story of the season is just the young guys. I mean, that's – how many teams are – you know, they have three guys who are probably going to be in, like, the rookie sophomore game, right? Like, Kendrick, yeah. Duncan, and Tyler will probably all be in that game. Or at least so. a good chance yeah. of being in that game. Um, and – Sam was never invited to the top ten – and all three of them, I don't think Tyler has started a game yet, right? But uh, all three, like, starters, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think Tyler Myers started maybe the first few games only because Jimmy was out. The injuries, yeah. I, I yeah, can't that's remember. about it. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And uh, I was going to say, Bam never made that rookie. I, to my knowledge, Bam never made that rookie. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I remember he was upset that he didn't yeah. get it. And now, in retrospect, it's like, wow, how could he not get a, a – and a, you know, a berth in one of those games. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like the Heat will have three this year, which, um, yeah, if you would have told me last year that he would have had three guys in the rookie sophomore game, they sort of been like, yeah, right, you're crazy. Yeah, like, like, what, are they going to, like, sell off all their guys for yeah, traffic? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, some of it's luck, but a lot of it is player development. And they've been a good, good at player development now for a while. I mean, you look at Tyler Johnson, Rodney Magruder, those guys, like what they turned into with the Heat organization, um, I mean that's kind of what they that's kind of what they've done for the since the big three uh, kind of broke up. Like they've been able to develop undrafted guys into rotation NBA players, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, All star voting opens tomorrow. Also, I saw. Uh, you feel pretty confident about Jimmy and Bam getting there. I mean, I don't think they'll get that starters. Yeah. Um, I because you know all the starting starters is just popular vote, but um, I, I just don't, I couldn't, I can't imagine the coaches not voting those two guys in, especially if they hear a top four team in the East. I mean, yeah. Jimmy, I think is Jimmy is pretty much going to be in. I think the question is Bam, but the way Bam is playing right now, I mean, he's one of the top big men in the East. I would say, like the way he, just everything he does on both ends of the court, like that, it would just be a huge surprise if he doesn't get it at this point. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be stunned if Bam can get in, assuming he, like, doesn't fall off a cliff in the next, like, right. But, like, yeah. Uh, I think we've said it before, but you're going to have a busy all-star break, too, because the Heat 
are going to have someone in every event, probably. I heard you're coming with me, right? You're coming with me to help me out? <laughs> they probably should send me to... Honestly, <laughs> honestly, you probably should have two people there. That's I, think, I think Derek Jones might have earned his dunk contest spot last night. That one on uh, Gobert that was, was one of his best yet. God, he's he If he's healthy, and that's always a question mark with him, I think he wins the dunk contest. Like, yeah, I he thought he was going to be in it last year, too, and then he got hurt yeah. like a month before, remember? That's, right, that's the thing. That's the, that's the big question. But if he's healthy and right... I don't see how he loses the dunk contest. Like I think he's you've seen it. Like he's just so smooth. He glides the how much how hard how high he gets up. Um I, I just I really want to see it happen. So I hope he's healthy. Yeah. All right, I think we can uh finish up there. Um Anthony, thanks as always for uh for talking to me. Um you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. You can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um not too much going on this week, right? Heater off for the next couple of days. For yeah. all of um, I'm going up to Shreveport, Louisiana for Miami's bowl game. So, uh, all right, anything you want to plug? Anything you, you worked on in the last week? Well, I have something posting today, actually, so Tuesday, um, about Bill Ferran and Eric Ferran, the Heat strength and conditioning coaches. Um, it's kind of a cool story. Especially for the holidays, like Bill Ferran has been with the team since day one, since 1988, and he's been their head strength and conditioning coach pretty much for the first 29 years of the organization until his son took over. Uh, I think prior to the 2017-18 season, his son has kind of been leading the way for the last three years, and with his dad now as kind of a consultant, um, helping him out, but just kind of letting his son run things. So uh, I wrote a story on that. I should be posting shortly. Um, and it's a pretty cool story. Just, you know, the strength and conditioning program is really well known with the Heat. And those two guys are a big reason why. So um, I think it'll be an interesting read. Nice. All right. Um, I think we can finish up there then. Uh, thanks, everyone, as always, uh, for listening. And uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays.